Hey, up Cowboys Nation. It's nine o'clock here in the UK. Um, so that means it's one thing. It's time for the UK Cowboys pre-game show, season three, episode 12. As you, um, as you can see, just tonight is myself and my good friend from across the, the border up north is, is Lorne. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, not too bad. Um the reason the reason why it's a, a rather intimate show tonight is we're on um, baby watch. You know, if I, if I had the if I had the old uh, Brian Fontana um, bit from Anchorman, I'd get that up at the moment. Um, Mike's <laughs> Mike's wife's uh, in the early stages of labour, so um, you know we're we're holding out for good news on that score, um, and. I, a few people seem to be AWOL this week. So, um, yeah, it's just you and me. So. Yeah, it's, gonna say, it was, it's been a bit of a scramble. Didn't we? we were laughing off air, weren't we, um, how it kind of all came came about. It was, yeah, there was a f- full cast and then things have, have changed. So we, we may get Paul at some point. Um, that's, yeah, that's touch and go. So if he's on, he's on. And the, from the messages we just had from, from Mike, we may get someone as well popping in but we don't want to shed any light just in case that doesn't happen but um yeah we're we're on to the patriots the season's fast and fastly going upon us and yeah we're four, four and one and it's it's looking good and i think yeah we might as well just jump straight into some news and updates there's quite a bit to get through actually today i know there always seems to be more on it on a Thursday night show, doesn't it? Getting up to the um, to the game. So the first one is everyone will be happy to know that that Trayvon Diggs, although he's carrying a slight ankle knock, um, some limited practice. But Mike McCarthy has said that he's is not going to be a concern for Sunday, and I'm I'm guessing you, you as well, will be happy with that and and yeah, off his brows. Yeah, I think he's he's actually you know he's been niggled by injuries the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, after after that interception where he leapt over Golladay and Golladay went out injured, uh, Diggs actually went to the sideline and um, actually had his foot retaped as well. So the, there was obviously a concern there. I think that's maybe when he tweaked it a little bit. Um, and there's, you know, there was concern about it. But um, you know, he was obviously he was hanging on and. Um, We've we've managed to, uh, you know, it's, the prognosis is looking good for Sunday at least. Mm-hmm. Now, can he can he last a whole game? I don't know, but we'll, we'll see. And ju- just to just to cut the news off, we we did say that we could potentially have a special guest, and we're gonna gonna bring him in now. Uh, Mike's worked his magic, and let's just bring him in. And oh, <laughs> as you be doing it at the same time. Good evening to, to to Cowboys radio legend, Mr. Brad Sham. How are you doing, Jamie? I don't know about that legend stuff, Lauren. You can stop <laughs> that nonsense right now. Right now, remember, I am a Man U supporter. Oh, that's yeah, that's <laughs> me as well. Especially now we're in in the league. I'm I'm not going to lie. I, I did hide a little bit, Brad, after you give us a a good spanking to the start of the season. Yeah, it was nothing personal. <laughs> <laughs> so how's how's things across across the way? How well, you doing? I have to tell you that I'm really happy to be on with you guys because I was um, just as I was getting home 
I would say uh, roughly an hour ago, I was on a uh, podcast that um, old acquaintance of mine does for the Patriots. And as I was dialing in, they had a woman who I didn't know. She didn't say where, nor do I know, but she's from the UK. And I was listening to this British accent talk about how the Cowboys were going to shoot themselves in the foot. And I thought, I got to get on with my guys here in a minute. This is, oh. this is no good. <laughs> we cannot have this. Yeah, I think we, I say we, as, we, as you can see, we're, um, we're a little light handed tonight. And, and Michael literally dropped a message saying, Brad's available. Do you want to come on? Like if, if you're free, I just, you know, yeah, I just heard message. from him. We'll, we'll, we obviously uh, send our, our best thoughts and prayers and wishes for for Mike and his wife and hope everything is just exactly as they would have it be and uh, all good thoughts to them. Yeah, no, definitely. So I think just as you were, as you popped in, we were just going through a bit of the news, obviously, um, Diggs. Um, Mike McCarthy said he's, Anthony, that he's, he's not a concern for Sunday, but from the looks of it, he's obviously limited to practice, um, which is obviously a good sign for the Cowboys. Last thing is we want Diggs out, out of the game Sunday. Right. And here's, here's, let me help you guys for the rest of the year. So these uh, reports that come out on for a Sunday game on Wednesday and Thursday after practice, and then you'll get one on Friday that will have a status. And so you're probably going to see, I, I haven't seen if they've sent it out yet today, but next to Diggs, it's probably going to say DNP, did not practice, did not hmm. participate, which yep. was the case yesterday. Um, he's done something to an ankle. But he was on the cords today working diligently with uh, the, their excellent physio, Britt Brown, who's the best in the league at, at rehabbing uh, injuries. Um, and he, he then did a media session, and he was in very good spirits. So the, the way the Cowboys have their schedule, they have certain practice habits for Wednesday and Thursday – Friday is uh, is a day of uh, rehabilitation, physical and mental rehabilitation. Their Saturday practice is really the one that determines for the coaches whether a guy can play. Mm -hmm. And there is no report that comes out after a Saturday practice. It comes out after Friday. My guess is when that report comes out tomorrow, it's going to say either doubtful or questionable for digs. And he'll play. There's nothing about what I've seen yesterday and today and his demeanor that suggests anything other than uh, he's going to play. He may not be 100%, but it's week six of an NFL season. Very few of them are. I think Damati KZ may be a different story. The free safety, uh, he's, he did something to a hip in practice yesterday, and he came limping off. And he didn't really do very much today. He'd be, for me, a little bit more doubtful. But they might get Donovan Wilson back, who mm -hmm. practiced today. He, yeah. uh, Off the top of my head, I think he hasn't practiced. I mean, you think he hasn't played since uh, he did strain a groin muscle in Tampa in the first game. So mm -hmm. they're going to be, over the next few weeks, they're going to be getting some players back. But I think that Diggs will be fine for Sunday. Yeah, I think, yeah. Sorry, long one, buddy. I was going to say on that score, they've they've activated the twenty-one day practice window for um, 
who's it? Uh, Sean McKeon. Yeah, Joseph and McEwen, yeah. And Joseph, yeah. So well, here's what I, I say, think will happen. I, I think that neither of them will play on Sunday, I think. Um, Joseph might be a little closer, but really they have a bye the next week. And so yeah. they can they, they don't have to practice really the next week. So I would expect that they 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 have, they're carrying 52 men. My guess is that they will sign, Jeremy Sprinkle, who they have elevated from the practice squad the last two weeks. But you can only elevate twice. Now, if there's a COVID absence, you can come up from the practice squad an unlimited number of times. Fortunately, yeah. they don't have anybody on the COVID list right now. So they Sprinkle used his second standard elevation last week, but they have an open spot. If they want to use a third tight end in this game, they can just sign Sprinkle to a regular contract. And then if McEwen is ready to come back by the time they go to Minnesota following the bye, then they would probably waive Sprinkle. In all likelihood, no one would claim him, and they would re-sign him to the practice squad. So that three-week window, Lauren, that you're talking about with McEwen and Joseph should have them – right on target to play in Minnesota to return and be available. Let's say it that way for Minnesota. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I think we're all itching, chomping at the bit, aren't we really to see, especially Joseph picked so high and so rated coming out of college. I said, what's already a, a talented secondary. He's, he's playing well this year. So an addition like that is, it's just going to make it even more formidable, isn't it? Yeah. It would make it stronger. There's no doubt. I, I, uh, I think that Anthony Brown has gotten a bad rap from people because he's been around for a while and he's, he is uh, not a big flashy name. He's a solid player. He had a couple of balls that got away from him in uh, Tampa. One of those was not his fault. It looked like it was, but it was, Mm. he was covering up for somebody else who fell down. And so it, it looked bad for him, but he is a solid corner. He's probably better as, a third or fourth corner than a second corner. And so the question will be for who starts the game going forward, which one of them trains best, which one of them is showing the best mentally. Um, you, you would have them both available. He would certainly, Jamie Joseph would make, uh, he would certainly make your bench deeper. And mm. I think that they expect him to be challenging to be starting before the season's over. Do not, I think, I was looking before we came on air as well, and were you mentioning uh, about Anthony Brown as well? And he, he, don't, he gets a lot of, maybe not so much good publicity from the from the fan base. And I think he's in tackles wise. I think he's he's in he's in the top twenty five in the league at the minute. So he's putting himself about a bit, and he's. I mean, he's he's doing a job in it. I say it's just it's just a, I say when I say a shame that Diggs is out from it's just I think if Diggs wouldn't have been performing to the level he's at. Uh, yeah, you would more of Anthony Brown. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Now Diggs is playing at a different level, and and hopefully he will continue to do that. But you know, th- this is six years for Brown. He's he hasn't stuck mm. around just because he's a, a great guy, which he is. I mean, he's he's a pretty good player, and he's mm. a useful player. And I don't care what the sport is. I don't care if it's. I don't care if it's uh, what 
your your viewers and listeners know of as football, whether it's American football, whether it's basketball, I don't care. There are players in every sport who are needed to win a championship who are solid role players, who are not stars, who can fill a number of different roles and who mentally will take whatever uh, it necessarily comes their way. Anthony Brown's one of those, in my opinion. No, I, I think Anthony Brown's also had a bad rap in that, you know, his first four or five years in the league was with Jason Garrett. And uh, the the sort of emphasis I think that Garrett had was that don't don't gamble and go for the ball. Let, let the guy make the catch, but make sure you get the tackle in there and then. You know, this, this year or last year was a complete reset because Mike Nolan's defence, I don't think anybody was on the same page half the time. And, you know, that's why we were leeching big plays left, right and centre. This year, I mean, I think you're seeing Anthony Brown stepping up. Um, yeah, he's still giving up the odd pass. But, I mean, the fact that he's had his hands on two two interceptions already this year, um, he should have had another couple in Carol in the Carolina game. Um, you know, you can see he's making progress this year, and again, it's probably from the fact that you know he's not he is actually getting more playing time this year than when he was sort of a, a secondary player to um, Byron Jones and Chidobe Awuzie. Yeah, and he he's not. I don't know how much of a different player he is than Awuzie. Byron's really good, uh, and, but let's not lay it all on Jason Garrett. Now he he wasn't he was hiring the defensive coordinator, but it was other people who were coordinating the defense and who yeah. who uh, were describing the style of play. And you know Brown has he's always been a good tackler. He's all, he's a smart player, plays with a chip on his shoulder, which I like. And uh, so I mean I think I think he's. There's a lot of teams playing with worse. I think I think the last thing that we had on Mike touched on this um, for me. Um, it was come from Neville Gallimore. Um, likely to be about a month away. Um, a little bit disappointing, just more so for the, for, the, for the player. It'd be nice to see him back on the field. They say there's the, you can never have too many pass rushes and no and enough beef up, up the middle. I don't know what you guys think. Well, Jamie, he, I like Neville Gallimore. Mm. I, I think I think he was their best interior defensive lineman uh, when he got hurt. Now, Odigizua has come on gangbusters for having the opportunity to play in that spot. They're pretty much the same positional player, and whether they can play Gallimore and Odigizua together is going to be up to Dan Quinn to figure out. Mm. I, I think that they're – if I could strengthen any area of the team, it would be a defensive tackle. I'd like them to be really stout in there. But Gallimore's absence has been part of that. And uh, they still are hopeful for Tristan Hill, who he and Gallimore might both be able to come back at about the same time. Um, Gallimore, uh, Gallimore could be in time for Minnesota, maybe another week or so after that. But he'll make them better. Now, there's no doubt about that because the guys they signed, uh, Brent Urban and Carlos Watkins in, in the offseason, um, those are really solid backup journeyman players who fill a role. I don't know if they were meant to play 50 or 60 plays. And when Gallimore comes back, then they'll have a deeper rotation and 
Then the young fellow Bohanna is uh, is growing. You know, he's he's getting his feet wet. And by the end of the year, he should be making uh, maybe a more significant contribution. I'd still would like to have some real real mouth breathers up there. You know, some 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 really nasty guys uh, in the middle of that defensive line. But Gallimore will make them better. And if they can find a way to get Gallimore and Odigizua on the field together, that's got a chance to be good. Yeah, if, if you get them both on the field, I, I think Paul would be having a field day when he's, he's got love for both of those guys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think that's pretty much the news. So we'll quickly move on to the. Um... Yeah, so it's time to discuss stuff. I think, yeah, before we do that, you can see some comments finding. So make sure everybody tuning in, comments, let us know what you think about the game against the Patriots on um, on Sunday, where you think the game could be won or could be lost. But yeah, so get this stuff up. So yeah, we, the offense on Sunday, I, I don't really think it needs a lot of talking up to this offense, does it? Da, inside the top 10 this year, Zeke, top three in rushing. Maybe surprising Dalton Schultz touching the top ten for receiving. Have we? The interesting, um, the interesting thing about this part of the matchup to me, Jamie, is that uh, you know Bill Belichick has always been about as good as there is at taking away whatever you most want to do, whatever you do best, and daring you to beat him with everything else. The way this team is playing right now, I'm not sure what it is he wants to take away and take his chances with. Because he can probably bottle the running game up. He can put extra people inside. He can do different things with formations and alignments and make the blocking difficult to run. But then you're going to have to defend the passing game. And Kellen Moore is having a pretty good year at uh, dialing up plays for whatever the opposing defensive coordinator puts in front of him. So it won't be easy just because uh, those guys are so good. Uh, at designing defenses and making um, the whole be greater than the sum of the parts. And so it might not be real pretty. It might not be a 35-point game. But um, if they don't make mistakes and turn the ball over and they take care of it, then they can. I think they can be very efficient uh, offensively. It's a pretty good offensive team. Line is playing really well. And uh, – and all of the receivers, I mean, they're they're even without Michael Gallup, who is also working real hard. Gallup might be back uh, as soon as Minnesota. Um, even without Gallup, you know, they've got two tight ends catching the ball. And you mentioned Schultz. He's got more catches than anybody else. But Cedric Wilson stepped up as a third receiver. Both running backs catch the ball. Uh, they got a lot of ways to beat you, and you can't stop all of them, I don't think. Do you know, I'm yeah. glad you – Sorry, I was just going to quickly say, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned um, a little bit there on, on Bill Belichick and Kellen Moore. One of the um, one of the comments that came out of one of the interviews today was, where was it? Kellen Moore was asked um, about Bill Belichick take, taking away what, what you would say you, you left, you make you play left-handed. Um, so taking away what kind of your bread and butter and... Kellen Moore responded as, it's fine. I'm left-handed anyway. Yeah, that's what he said. He <laughs> said that on Monday. Uh, and then, then he said, always hating on the lefties. Uh, he's, <laughs> Kellen, Kellen's, this this will be, for me, um, 
the most intriguing part of the game. Actually, it's on both sides because, uh, you know, their offensive coordinator has been good and he's been there for a while and he's been coordinating all those offenses. And Dan Quinn's having a great year. And so the chess match between the coordinators on the two sides of the ball to put the players in position and then having the players execute, that, that to me uh, mm. would be worth watching. That might be worth watching twice. Yeah, I mean, the, the, first of all, I mean, the, all the best people in the world are left-handed. So yeah. um, maybe a, <laughs> may a little bit biased. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, I think I think Belichick will be praying to the rain gods that you know the rain comes down and forces us to to run the ball more than anything on Sunday because that's not know, the forecast I'm looking at here, Lauren. I'm well, that that'd be great if it, if it's a nice dry day. Great, that helps our you know that does help the passing game and um you know it it is going to be a case of pick your own poison on on how they how we attack them. Um, as you say, I think this chess match is going to be great. I mean, Dan Quinn has experience of obviously two Super Bowls against the Patriots. Um, one as a head coach, one um, where you know he was twenty-eight-three up um, at halftime, and obviously you know one of the biggest collapses in Super Bowl history. Or comebacks, um, depending on your point of view. Yeah, and then you've got um, you've also got where he was one play. You know, he he did his job and. Uh, Seattle's offense was one play away from winning the game, and you know, would you have passed? Would you have passed? Would you have run? On, I'd, have on run. That play? I'd, have, I'd have run. Everybody would have run. But that was yeah. That was Pete Carroll's call to make. By the way, according to the uh, Weather Channel app that I have on my phone, <laughs> the forecast for Foxborough, Massachusetts, on Sunday is 66 degrees with a 17. That's 66 degrees Fahrenheit with a 17% chance of rain. I think it's a lovely day to play football. Yeah, nice fall, fall weather. Yeah. You know, one of, the, one of the interesting stats about this game, um, we're looking up the Cowboys, just for you all, the Cowboys and the Patriots have squared up against each other in the regular season 13 times. The Cowboys won the first seven. Yep. And then the Patriots have won the last six. The last Cowboys victory was... In December of '96 at Texas Stadium, a 12 yeah, to 6 ball. So, so Jamie, they, they've never won in this stadium, in mm. Gillette Stadium. And uh, I actually did the game, although I don't remember it. The last time they won in uh, Foxborough, which was in 1987. Wow. 87. So anybody who's 30 or younger, not alive. Nope. It's it's crazy to think in it, and I know Mike was this. Well, I know we all know Mike's not a massive um, Mac Jones fan. I'm, I'm not gonna lie; he was one of my favorite quarterbacks in this draft. What, what does Mike not like about Mac Jones? Um, let's have a look at, at the comment he sent me here. Brad was where is it? Let's have a look. He likes a check down. He's a five yard guy. <laughs> you know, I hate to hear. Here's Mike about to become a father. Is this his first? No, that's no, second, 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 yeah. Second. Right. Well, yeah. one more and they're playing zone defense. But, um, <laughs> you know, he, he, he'll he see this at some point, won't he? He'll go back and 
and watch Oh, yeah, it. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he was sure probably lingering in the background. Mike, if you think Mac Jones is just a check-down guy, you are not watching the games. You're reading someone else's report. I just finished watching their game against Houston last week, and I saw their uh, a lot of what he did at Alabama last year. This is not a check-down guy. He's a very smart young quarterback who, while maybe not a runner, is very active and mobile within the pocket. He's got a really accurate touch on the ball, and he's you're going to have to force him into a mistake. He's not going to make one on his own. So do not sleep on Mac Jones. Mm -hmm. The last time Dallas won at New England was uh, 15 <laughs> 19 and 87, and that was an overtime game. I have a yeah, I, memory. I, of I, seem to, I seem to remember that being on Channel 4, I think. Yeah, I, I got a very vague memory of that game, but I couldn't tell you anybody who did anything in it. And I, and I, I was think, there. I was there. I think looking back, I think you mentioned overtime. I think looking back through it all, that was the only game that went to the only game in this series that's ever gone to overtime, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, um, I believe that's right. Yeah. I believe that's right. Yeah. So, so what, what do we think? Do we do we, do we see a, a well balanced offense like we've seen the last few the few weeks, or with with Zeke now getting into that stride of getting hundred yard games on the ground? Do we do we see maybe a bit more of a? Yeah. A don't really get hung up offense? on the numbers. Don't get hung up on the numbers. The reason they threw the ball so much and ran so little in Tampa was because that's what was available. That's what they could do. Tampa last year was the best running off a defense in the league. And uh, the Cowboys tried a little bit early and they realized that was going to be a long day. And so they threw the ball and that, that pretty much worked out. And that look, they had chances to win that game. They had a running play. Uh, if you'll recall in the third quarter that wound up being a, down in the red zone, wind up, wound up being a field goal because Blake Jarwin missed a block on a little pitch out to the left. If he'd made that block, Zeke would have missed the only guy there, and, and he would have walked in. Now, who knows what that would have eventuated. But it, if I had to bet, and there's a big reason, boys, that I don't bet, but if I had to bet, I would bet that um, when Belichick looks at this offense, he does not want them to eat up the entire day running the ball. He wants to get his offense on the field. Uh, he will mix. He, he'll take his chance mixing up some blitzes. Dak's very good against the blitz, by the way. But he'll take his chance making, mixing up blitzes, mixing up coverages. My guess is that what he doesn't want is for them to rush for 200 yards again and to dominate the clock and dominate the number of plays in the game. Uh because he's got to have his offense on the field with a chance to get at that defense. And if he does that, then it's up to the Cowboys receivers and the quarterback to make them pay for him. And I think they're capable of doing that. But that's what the game's all about. And we've yeah, just just quickly here, we've we've got our our foursome now. Paul's joined us. Yeah. Hello guys. Hi Brad, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing well, but this is a very menacing look. What are you going for here with the hoodie? What's all that? Uh, I do this is know. his anti-Biden anti, anti -Biden 
no, I wouldn't. No, no, I would not say that. I am just. I'm getting really sick of the response from the White House in general regards to travel. So I don't know if you might know, Brad, but uh, the UK travel um, is getting lifted from the United States. I can actually come over to the USA now, but they're not given a specific date yet. That's what I'm getting. So you understand that the reason that the White House is doing that is because all of the people on the other side of the political fence resisting vaccines are making the variant more dangerous. And uh, the, pe- the vaccine resistors are keeping the whole pandemic alive here. Mm. Well, hey, but, but hey listen, if, 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 if wearing a hoodie makes you feel better about the whole thing. Oh, no, this is just nice, it's just nice and comfortable more than anything. Yeah, hey, rock on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, I look like I look yeah, so I just like, like, Star Wars convention. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when, when yeah. Yeah. Gets that time of year, like, I don't think my I don't think my microphone I don't I don't think my microphone house looks like I'm like some of Star Wars <laughs> yes. with my lightsaber yes. this year. Yes, exactly, exactly, uh, and not a and not a pleasant Jedi either, may I say. <laughs> <laughs> Before we jump onto the defense, um, is, and this is no disrespect to the um to the Patriots' offense because. Uh, as we'll all know, if you, if you take a team and don't give them enough respect, they'll come back and bite in the, in the proverbial backside. But is this more of a case of if the Cowboys lose, it's because we've done ourselves in because of the abundance of talent we've got on this side of the ball? Or it's, is it you know, just uh, the Patriots? Yeah. The first, I'm, excuse me, I'm going to look at this. I saw an email come in that's got the practice report that will tell me uh, about who practiced for New England. So um, they're really efficient and they're really smart. They don't have the raw talent, I don't think, that the Cowboys have at every position, but it's not their offense against the Cowboys' offense. It's their offense against Hmm. the Cowboys' defense. So uh, for Dallas, let's see, they listed Diggs as a DNP, as I – as I suggested, would probably be the case. Uh, let's see. Let's see about. Um, yeah, let's see what happens tomorrow. Let's see what they call him tomorrow. I think he'll play. All right, for New England, uh, their their most productive running back has been uh, Damian Harris, and he practiced today. He did not practice yesterday. He left the game with a bruised rib in Houston. But he did practice today. Uh, their left tackle, uh, Justin Heron, did not practice today. And um, they've got two guys. They've got two starting offensive linemen on the COVID list. Uh, and and they didn't play last week. But they won. They won playing four out of five backup offensive linemen. So mm-hmm. I, I think, Jamie – the answer to your question is that the first thing is you cannot turn the ball over. And what, what new England will try to do is force you into mistakes. So you, yeah. And one thing, obviously Dallas has been very good at so far this year is protecting the football. So you've got to protect the football. You cannot be uh, loose or cavalier with it. And if you don't make mistakes and you're patient, there will be something available on almost every play. It may not be exactly what you 
most want. It may not be what you intended when you went to the line of scrimmage. It may not be at all what um, fans want to see, but something will be available if you just are patient and everybody does their job. I think that there's there's a great opportunity to be good enough offensively. I I don't see them. So I'm looking at my chart here. They've scored 44, 36, and 41 the last three weeks. Uh, they won with 20 and and scored 29 in losing. I don't see 40 points. I don't see 35 points. I, New England's number five in scoring defense. But I think that their job is to figure out a way to hold New England to something like 20 or 21 points. If they can do yeah. that, then mm-hmm. I think they'll have enough offense uh, to win the game. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think yeah. the one danger man for New England is uh, Judon. Um, he's got six and a half sacks this year, which is leading the team. Um, other than that, the, the, the next guy is... Uh, Uche, who's got uh, three sacks, and then you got a number of guys with one sack. But Lauren, Lauren, Lauren. Yeah, here, here you are again. You're 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 reading the statistic <laughs> sheet. Don't read the statistic sheet. Watch no, no. the game uh, because they have a they have a number of dangerous. Judon's a load. He is an absolute yeah. mess to deal with. Uh, number eight. Um, their linebacker, uh, Jawan Bentley, very, very active player. Dante Hightower, number 54. Ooh. Probably, yeah. besides Gilmore, the cornerback they traded the last couple of years, Height, well, not last year, but before last year, uh, Hightower was probably their best defensive player besides Stephen Gilmore. But Hightower opted out last year. Yeah. And so he's back, and he's a really good player. And the other outside linebacker, number 53, Kyle Van Noy, he's a really good player. And uh, they, they've they got one of the better safeties in the business in Devin McCourty, number 32. So don't – Lauren, I'm going to have to check back. No, 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 no. I know. Next time, I'm going to have to check back and see if you've become a slave to the stat sheet because it's what I hate about fantasy football. The stat sheet will not tell you about real football. It will not tell you about the game. And so they've got a number of players who are really dangerous. They've got Jamie Collins, number 58. His third third different stint with New England. And just signed last week on Wednesday. And they only spotted him a few plays. He had a critical sack late in the game, lined up between the center and the guard and blitzed and no one knew who to block. And he sacked the Houston quarterback and, and uh, it, it was really a setback for them. So um, don't read the stat sheet. Watch the game. I don't, I don't, I don't normally. Um, I just didn't, I haven't had time to today to prepare properly, but normally I do watch the, the coach's tape on um game pass and go through about two or three games but um obviously uh, i was looking at the headlines there and that's that's probably the well you are you are spot on on, you're spot on on judon uh he he is he is a mess to deal with he uh he plays a little bit like paul looks right now 
<laughs> you know, that's really, uh, that's, a, that's a very difficult thing for the opponent. Yep. <laughs> As we, um, reaction so we, we, no reaction whatsoever. Sorry. I just feel confused that we're, we've got enough to kind of isolate this defense for sure with, with the weapons that we've got and with our offensive line. Just that right. from a general, general perspective. I think you're right. I think you're right. What gives me pause is the number of times I've seen them compete against Belichick in the past with an absolute total lack of success. And so he he's he's really good. You know, he's really, really good at figuring out ways to make you be different than you want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now, that's why, as I said, I think it might have been just before you came on, Paul, that I'm really excited to see because Kellen Moore is is uh, coordinating plays and calling plays at another level. Oh, absolutely. So this is a great chess match between him and Belichick to see who can prevail. Uh, yeah, if there's one thing you can always say, if there's one thing you can always say about Bill Belichick, he always seems to kind of pull something like the, a rabbit out of the hat somehow somewhere from a coaching perspective, whereas from defense, maybe change the the front up or whatever. Like it just somehow still manages to get the win, and it's not the most pretty pretty looking uh, game you're ever going to watch, but it still gets the win, and that's what's so special. That's why people rave about Bill Belichick because he is a winner. He's a winning coach with that winning mentality. And that's one thing we can never, ever underestimate about the Patriots. Never. No, that's why it would be a big feather in their cap if they can win this game. Uh, what's, yeah. I think what's refreshing about this offense as well, especially the offense this year, um, not respect to kind of to, to pass players on the team, that if, if, you, if you could shut down wide, wide receiver one and, and keep Zeke... Do you know what I mean, not letting him pound the ball, you, you, you could pretty much guarantee that you were going to beat the Cowboys. But the, the team this year is just everybody's on it. So if, if you shut down CD Lamb, you've got you've got Cooper. You, you know I mean, you've got Tony Pollard, and, and what's even more refreshing is the two tight ends as well on this roster. Of the especially, I, I'll all man up, and I've given some bad raps over the the preseason. Didn't think that they were potentially good enough, and we, we should be looking so else, but they've. They've stepped up and and it, it seems one week it's one of them that we the next week it's the other one and it's yeah like I said I think the, the, the Patriots are definitely in for a rough ride if the if the can't step up and get I, some of these guys weekend yeah yeah Jim I just want to bring up Joe's comment is that like you we seem to be giving the Patriots too much credit it's not necessarily we're giving them too much credit we, we, you just can you just don't want to underestimate them more than anything it's not it's not so much we're giving them credit it's just like they can still, they're like it's like any other fit, any other team in the NFL. They always have that that threat. It doesn't matter if you're bottom last or top of the league. They can still have present a massive threat. That, like a, any given Sunday, you know. There's a, yeah, there's an old saying that is, I think, attributed correctly to Bear Bryant when he was uh, uh, somebody said it about him when he was coaching at Alabama. And they and they used to say, and I think this is true of Belichick. He could take his and beat yours, or he could take yours and beat his. Uh, he's that. Mm-hmm. He's the reason uh, that I think you have to give them all due respect, even if it yeah. looks like your players seem to be better than their players. It's a team game. 
Yes. And he's got a way of making his team be more than the sum of the individual parts. And uh, that that's why you have to give them maximum respect, in my opinion. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that there, Brad, because mm-hmm. we've seen it in the past when it comes to like, when his recruitment for Bill Belichick, it doesn't really go flash out for first round draft picks. Maybe it made it so much Matt Jones that fell to his lap. But in previous, he would trade back. He would pick up guys who were former first round picks for maybe like a fifth round or a sixth round, like Danny Shelton, for example. That's probably the, one of the best examples out there. Like he has this, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm not going to give him that too much high of a credit. This, like, but it's a bit of a gift how he can get former players who were so high ranked up from previous years in the draft and get them for pretty much pennies. Or well, Paul, sense, you know? that's, that's, I think that's really an insightful comment. In fact, I, I was on a, I was on a show in uh, uh, Foxborough earlier this afternoon, and and I said one of the things that the Patriots have always done is not spend. But first of all, that draft position has been usually low because they've been winning. Exactly. So yeah. Down in the in the low twenties or thirty. Now then they've gone and spent smart. They haven't spent a lot of big dollars on big name free agents. But what they do is they buy role players who they have a vision of fitting into their system. And they do it for a moderate enough price that you can get four of them for the price of one big guy. Yeah. Well, the Cowboys have done a little bit of that this year, I think. Uh, the, uh, yeah. The Cowboys have eight players, eight, on their defense who are all playing roles, all contributing. Some of them are starting. Who have some of them have been coming off injury. Some of them have been released by other teams. Some of them are just playing better than they ever have because I think the Cowboys. I think Dan Quinn had a vision for their role, and they didn't cost an arm and a leg and they've given these guys an opportunity to place a specific role on the team and they're doing it and that to me gives me great encouragement because i think it's what uh new england has done besides having brady um i think new england's done that better than anybody more than anything else they've done better than anybody for the last 20 years Yes, Do you know, per- perfectly put, and, and I, I think we spoke about this before. And I've I've read a book on Brady as well um, a couple of years ago, and if if you take away Gronk, and yes, they didn't. I don't think they, they won the year that Randy Moss was there. But if you if you so if you take away, it, it, obviously a little elite receiver in Randy Moss and in Gronk, I bet if you went out and asked people who Brady's number one receiver were, was. Each year that he won the Super Bowl, I don't think anybody could name name one, let alone two. Like you say, perfect example of role players who fit the scheme, who can do the job, and and like you say, and that's why I, I think a lot of us have been excited this year about Dan Quinn's defense. And it's it's going to be a shame when it comes to resigning some of the guys because some of them guys are balling out and probably not going to be back on this roster. Next yeah, year. We're, we're not. Maybe, we're not. Maybe. We're, Stop. It's week six. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Getting carried away. The, you've already morphed right into the saddest days of the off season. I know, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie we, yeah. 
Jamie, we, we still got a Super Bowl to kind of look forward to, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. oh on, no. It's week six. Just enjoy the challenge of going to New England and winning there for the first time for Dallas since 1987. Yeah. Just to, yeah. That's all. That's all that's in front of you. And yeah. just enjoy the journey. I don't care what team you pull for, what sport it is. That we. This is my opinion. We get so caught up in uh, the eventual destination that we hope to reach that we just lose sight of the journey and the journeys where the thrill is mm. because only no, one team holds up the big cup at the end of the year only one yep now, now in, in, especially in, in the NFL as well. well you've got you got six cups so there's all kinds of cups for people to hold up but you know there, there's there's really only one champion at the end of the year, but that doesn't mean only one team had a good year. True. So let's just yeah. let's not worry about signing guys in the off season. They're getting paid for that. Let's let's not worry about who they're going to play in the NFC Championship. It's, it's all about <laughs> now. It's all about yeah. Someday, New England. They haven't won in New England since 1987. Let's concentrate on that. Jesus, is this, that this, this is why we love you. This is why we love you, Brad. You and your um, right. your words words of wisdom to keep us um, keep us in the wraps. Comes with age. Comes with age. All of you, all of you, take that think... the trash now. Yeah, there's one thing like, and I'm guilty. We actually we all are guilty of it. So we just get really get ahead of ourselves when good things come in our way. We just get we just get too excited <laughs> and just think too far ahead. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and then you forget to enjoy today. Yeah, true. I, I think you know a lot of people have been saying what what does Mike McCarthy bring to the Cowboys? I think he is that steadying ship that you know he will have them play ready to play week in week out, um, not be looking forward. I, I know Amari has been quoted this week, or he did an interview this week where he talked about how he's aiming for the cha- the team are aiming for the championship, but I think you know. Even then, he said, "You've got to, you've got to take it week by week." He, you know, when you start looking forward to the championships, that's when you're going to slip up. Your, you know, this this would have been the week when Bill Parcells would have the mouse trap over the over the doors. Um, you know, and I think, <laughs> I, to be honest, I, you, I've seen enough glimpses in New England that I think they will towards the end of the season. Once everybody's gelled, once. Matt Jones has had a cu- another couple of weeks under his belt, a little, seen a little bit more of what people are throwing at him. I think that's when you're going to see them come on strong towards the end of the season as well. By the way, who, who's in their division? Miami. Miami, who are in yeah. London this week. Yeah, right. And the Jets. Jets and Buffalo. Yeah. So they're not. They're probably not as good as Buffalo. Oh no. They probably no, got. As, they probably got a long uphill trek to keep up with Buffalo, but, yeah. but they're better than the other two teams. And then the question becomes, can they figure out a way to get into the playoffs? Can they be a wild card? Mm-hmm. And if you just look around the AFC, there's a great deal of uncertainty there. I wouldn't bet against them right now. It's funny that you mentioned that there, Brad, because Seattle did that once before. And I think that was the year we beat them during the season and they came back and they actually made it to the Super Bowl that year. The year that New England, that the New York Giants ruined 
New England's perfect season. That's right. Yeah. 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 New York was, we were the number one seed in 2007. We were either 13 and three or 12 and four. We were the number one seed and the New York Giants, the number six seed. And they came into Texas Stadium and beat us. And then they went to Green Bay. And then they won that game. And they beat somebody yeah. else. And then they went and beat New England, unbeaten New England in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, hey. Was it, wasn't, wasn't that the year as well that the Cowboys were the first number one ranked team to lose the in the first round of the playoffs? I don't, as well, I don't recall definitely. that. It could be. It could be. Yeah. True. Yeah. I, it's, it's, I was it's just one thinking, of the things I'm that. I've got New England out of the playoffs yet. We have um, doing doing coverage over here. We have Osi Umeniora, the, oh, yeah. and obviously he does a podcast with Jason Bell, who was a former cowboy, went to Houston and then went to New York as well. They do a podcast each week, and the number of times he brings up that you know they knocked Dallas off that year, that Dallas were number one uh, ranked NFC team that year. We'd beaten them twice in the in the regular season, and it's how difficult it is to beat teams three times in the season is because you know there is that footage there that people can scheme against you because there'll be tendencies that you show in each game, and you know I, I get fed up listening to him going on about those. So um, you know, take each game as it comes yeah, and just. No, definitely. Um, so yeah, I think that makes it puts us into a nice little segue. But before we move on, don't forget to get your comments in, guys. You know, I mean, it's, it's nice to see everybody tuning in. But yeah, let us know what you think. Um, got a comment? Got any questions that you want to put forth? And then we'll yeah. So we'll move on to. Ooh, the defense, my favorite part. So. Pick your poison, gentlemen. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start the, the front, the front line? Going to go with linebackers. I'm going to go gonna go defensive backs. And Paul's look there has me thinking <laughs> defensive line. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you take it away, Paul, because I, I know you, the the one name you're going to mention. We touched on Neville Gallimore, sadly being out. Well, yeah, well, well, never He's my boy. I cannot wait for him to come by. But if there's one friend I'm going to say, I find Osa de Grisou has got an absolute half ball <laughs> in this game. I really do. Uh, like, he is just getting better and better and better each game. His get offs and watching the footage of him. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, like, it's from. When you really do compare it to last year's woes, like our biggest problem was our interior nose tackles and stuff like that, our defensive tackles was stopping the run. It's now become under Dan Quinn. I don't know if he's just managed to sprinkle some magic dust over on top of our defensive line, but by God, they are doing a fantastic job right now. Well, the and personnel I'm... is better, Paul. There's no question. Absolutely. Odigizu has exceeded X, but remember they're doing it without Gallimore and without Demarcus Lawrence. Exactly, and yeah. that is the thing that I'm just I'm I'm just like completely blown out out the water with. I'm just like, is this like these are like, the majority like the you just mentioned D-Law and also Odigizuer, but the majority of those other guys like with the exception of Urban and one or two guys, but the same guys from last year are still there. But they 
have a big like, a play where well, a big well, actually, the, you know uh, uh, Randy Gregory's having a good year. Oh, oh and, yeah, and, yes. and then the other yeah. guy that you the other guy that we have to mention who is also a rookie is Chauncey Golston. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 like so we did. Uh, I was on a different podcast show for day two of the draft, and uh, we were talking about Chancey Dolston, and I was asked the questions like, "What do you see?" Was as well, he's he's got the athletic athletic ability for star for being. He's a natural defensive end. Why he was like, but like, people did question why did we pick him up so high? Well, it's well the Cowboys had their reasons why, but from looking at the film, his get off speed. His use of hands, his reach to actually create separation from the offensive tackles, it's second to none. The only thing that probably was his downsize is probably his strength more than anything, but his speed makes up for it. And he's a very, mm. very smart kid. Oh, yeah. And they actually drafted him thinking he would be Demarcus Lawrence's backup this year. Lawrence is probably their best run player. In addition to being an outstanding mm. pass rusher, he's probably their best at defending the run. They saw Goldston as his backup. Then they lost Lawrence after one game. Well, here's Goldston, who has also provided some great play inside. He's only played a couple of games. Uh, not but, to mention, but not to mention, Brad, he's pretty much missed the whole training camp as well. Not pretty yeah. much. Not pretty much. He'd missed the whole <laughs> thing. He's missed the whole thing. Crazy. And, uh, uh, Paul, we had the chance to talk to him last week for the first time. We'd never seen his face, and because uh, he'd been he'd been uh, getting treatment. Um, and he's a great kid. He's got a great smile, very bright, and you like talking to him. And so what he's already shown is that he can play. You saw the play that he made with Jabril Cox on fourth down at the goal line against yeah. the Giants. So he's got really good speed. Uh, he's he's a little stronger than he looks, and he can drop down inside and play in there in the nickel. And so that's so when you look at the personnel from last year, Gregory is back. They 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 didn't have uh, Lawrence for except the one game. Um, Gallimore they haven't had the whole year. Now Urban they got from the Bears, and yep. uh, Bohanna they drafted. And, and Watkins, Watkins, they signed yeah. from Houston, and then he missed two games uh, with a knee. And so, the, I mean, this is what I was talking about, about finding guys who are role players who someone else didn't want. Yeah. You had a vision for them. You plug them in, and they're doing okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you more. mentioned an Urban there. It, it, he was one of the players I, I loved to pick up. I know there's not a lot of a tape on him, and – Throughout his career, he's not played a, a massive amount of snaps, but when you see the tape that's available, he is he, destructive up the middle and he, he causes a lot of issues for the offensive line. Um, I yeah. said smart pickups definitely, and it's, and, it's working and out nicely. That, not just that, Jamie, he can be, play as a hybrid, he can mm -hmm. be defensive end and become a, a defensive tackle as well. It's very much similar to, in a way, that Tyron Crawford was, I, I would say. Um, I, I don't know if you can agree with it in that perspective, Brad. You know, Tyrone was one of my favorite players. Um, and he, he, um, I remember talking to him his rookie year and he played, he was from Canada and he played two years at Boise after being in junior college. And they were, they didn't know whether to use him at end or tackle Paul, as you're saying. And I said, what do you do best? He said, I, I get into the backfield and, mm. 
And so that's why they could use him at end to basically be a run player if that's what they needed, if they were thin at defensive end, and then drop him down inside in nickel situations to rush the passers because that's what he did best. So there's a little bit of – Golston's a little bit different body type, but there's a little bit of that. In- oh, oh, no, I was I was meaning uh, Urban, sorry. I was meaning uh, Urban's very – like you can play him – more in the middle and you can play him outside, not, not Golston, sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think that this is one of the things they've tried to do is get multiple players who do yeah. that it's, very same kind of thing. And look at, obviously they found that with Parsons, they, they now know that they can do more things with Parsons than they thought they could. Oh, definitely. Like, so, if one, if there's, if there's, if there's definitely one world, well, Especially here in the UK, especially when it comes to soccer, if you can have a player that can play different positions, like from defense to midfield mm. to um, like as a forward, we call them utility players. And this is exactly what we've got right now. It's like what you're kind of saying, like like you have in Parsons who plays majority of linebacker. You can put him at defensive end. Like they're becoming utility players. Like you can actually put them at certain positions when needed and drop them in and they're still going to do a good job regardless. And it's exactly what you're saying there, the, 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 the role players, absolutely. You know, I think, Paul, the secret to all this may be that they've got a they've got a Brit coaching the defensive lineman. Adam Dobbs, aye. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I've, I've actually, I, I have had the pleasure of meeting Adam a long, long time ago. Like when when he was when he was still coaching London. Yeah, he's a great young man. I've met him a few times, and, and actually did meet him uh, in uh, in Europe. And uh, when he came over here first, and so between, I think that the key to what you're talking about. And I saw someone put up the comment that Osa played some uh, played inside some against the Giants, and between Dirty and Quinn and Leon Lett. They they have the ability to look at these tapes, look at the guys on the practice field, and say, okay, in these situations, let's move this guy to here. Let's have these four guys on the field in these down and distance situations. And so they're very flexible. Uh, yeah. And that's one of the things I think that has been a hallmark of the Belichick defense. And oh, that's, that, I think that's yeah. very encouraging. Could not agree more. Could not agree more. What what do you think is the the difference between the the, the defense last year and, and the defense this year? Because it's they're playing at a completely different level out there. I know a lot of people were saying that the the last scheme was a little bit too complicated. And is it just? I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was too complicated. It was poorly communicated. I do think that the I thought the whole staff did a poor job of making a very difficult adjustment in the COVID year when they had no off-season work, they had no mini camps, they had no OTAs, they had no off-season meetings, they had no off-season weight rooms, so they didn't have a chance to establish communication with each other that way. All the training camp was limited and it was there at the star and some teams handled it better than others and I thought the Cowboys handled it poorly. And, and I think that um, whatever it was that Mike Nolan was trying to do, the way it was being communicated to the players and the way it was being communicated from player to player uh, was done poorly. And they made some really bad 
veteran personnel decisions before the season. Oh, uh, don't get don't get me started, Brad. Don't get don't, don't so, get me started. So that's what's oh, that's what's different though. They've they've taken that. Now the personnel people are the same people. They have a whole different coaching staff on that side of the ball. But they have flipped that mess from last year completely on its head. And they've taken all these guys, they've brought them in together. Look at the safeties. I know we're talking about up front. And I've got to go here pretty soon because I've got some work to do. But look at the safeties. Mm. They, they, I'm not saying they have Cliff Harris and Ronnie Lott and uh, Troy Palomalo. That's not who they've got. What they've got is more depth at the safety position than I can remember. So Demonte Casey hurt his hip yesterday. He's been a, a very big plus. Uh, now, how about J. Ron Curse? Mm. He might be the find of the whole lot. Yep, definitely. Absolutely. He's he can he Mm. plays covers a tight end in the slot. He plays strong safety. He plays up on the line of scrimmage. And he played on a top five defense in Minnesota. Now you throw in Hooker, who was a the 15th pick in the draft before he had a couple of debilitating injuries. So they took a chance on him. He's healthier than he's been in years. And you watch and see if he doesn't play a much bigger role, uh, especially if KZ is hurt, this week. Now we're going to add Donovan Wilson back in probably. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Hooker there. We actually are starting to see more game time of him as the weeks have progressed. And, hey, I'm excited for Malik Hooker. Like, I was one of the guys I was like, "Ah, someone's going to sign him at some point. I'm just glad that we pulled the trigger on him. I'm so glad that we did. And you know he what? was a little more physical, Paul, than I expected him to be. I knew he was mm. a ball hawk. I knew he knew where the football was. But he's been more physical than I expected. And I, I'm I'm um, intrigued to watch him continue to develop. So they haven't had that kind of – they haven't had that kind of depth. Now, who knows how long it will hold up. And they've been, then they're, they're excited about Mukwamu, who can't get on the field because, he, because of these other guys. Um, they haven't had that kind of depth at the safety position in many, many, many years. I know it's crazy. Mm. Let me just touch that button. Oh, sorry, sorry, I was going to say, I was going to say, because that was one of the things that we were like, ah, is this going to be the year we're going to draft a safety or what? Mm. It doesn't seem like we need to really do that anymore because, like you said there, Brad, we've got so much depth now. Yeah, Paul, here's the thing. This, and this is a, this is an offshoot of the lecture I've been given poor Lorne for the last hour. And now I'm going to have to we have to watch the don't look at the statue, watch the games. And then and then remember this when it comes to draft time. I'm sure we'll talk again then. If not yeah. you, you draft the best football player. You don't say I need a safety. So let's draft a safety. You draft the best football player. This is not a physical game. This is a violent game. And you're going oh, yeah. if you don't need the guy today, you're gonna need him tomorrow. So you don't pass up superior players because you think you have. Now, there are some exceptions. If you've got a top 10 pick and you've got your franchise quarterback, okay, don't take a quarterback. But Hmm. for the most part, don't pass up a good player and don't go into the draft saying, i got to have a safety. You take the best player. You can look for a safety. Hopefully at some point the best player is going to be a safety. But don't reach. Reaching yeah. will make your team bad. And so now they've got 
guys who have been players, they've been they've had great fortune to have these guys who have been injured and are now healthy. I mean, KZ and Hooker are the two best examples, and Keanu Neal, who they turn into a linebacker, and look at him now. Yeah, I mean, I think every every free well every off season acquisition that we brought in have all made somewhat impact within the team right now. Urban, Pierce, Kazi, like, I mean, and and that's not even not to mention who we brought in within the draft for our rookies. But right. I think it was the what it wasn't the game against the Giants. It was the game before the the majority of all the rookies had either a sack or a takeaway and stuff like that. It's like everyone is balling right now, which is fantastic to watch. And and this is, I just can't wait to see how weeks go on, especially against this game against uh, Belichick. It's going to be so interesting. And that's why, because it's been, that's exactly the point, because it's been so much fun to watch. And I'll leave you guys with this. I always think that a football season is like a lifetime. It starts with youthful exuberance and inexperience and you don't know what's going on. And then you get smarter and more infirm as, as the time goes on. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's an apt analogy, then these teams right now are like, they're like 10 years old. They're like 10 year old kids. Don't, don't judge the finished product. by it. Who wants to be judged as a finished product? Even now, let alone as a 10-year-old kid. So this is a great, intriguing, fascinating matchup to watch against New England. We'll hope for the best result. And we'll, and whatever happens, they'll learn from it and they'll build from it. And I think they're going to be in this race for the whole year. Let's enjoy every step of the journey. Absolutely. 100%. Especially, especially, especially now it's 17 games a season, not 16 yeah. now. Right. All due All patience. Right. All due patience. Okay, boys, I gotta go. No, thank you, brothers. Always, we do appreciate and stay safe. You too. Cheers to Mike and his wife. Hope everything is just perfect. All right, bye, boys. Bye, bye, Brad. Be well, care, man. Thank you. you too. Wow, as as always, oh. it's all. Uh, Paul just dropped himself off there, but yeah, no, I didn't. As always, like, like we say, um, that, that was a little bit unexpected having Brad Sham on. Um, that caught us kind of off guard, literally, just as we were pressing to go live. Uh, Mike dropped us a message saying Brad was free and did we want him to come on? Yeah, so that so yeah, there's a nice little sideways, um. Surprise yeah, for everybody, but yeah, yeah, nice yeah. surprise for everybody. But I definitely thought we off guard. Before, um, before we jump into the last bit, everybody get who's, who's tuning in. Thank you, as always. Uh, thank you for your, your comments and, and keeping us guys going and giving us something to talk about. But get us, um, before the show ends, get us in your score predictions and we'll go through oh, them. Oh, yes. Oh, um, and, also, and also we need to let them know once we've released a comment in regards to the higher or lower segment of the Fantasy Lounge as well. But yes, yeah. guys, get your scores in, what your predictions are, and uh, and comment with us if it's going to be higher or lower based on the players that we're going to mention in terms of fantasy points. All right? So, Joey, want to go ahead with the video? Before that, 
you say we're going to quickly just yet yeah, pay the it's to pay the bills. Ah, you say. Um, so we'll go with the yeah. So one of you guys want to yeah, take away the. Hey guys, if you are planning on going to a Dallas Cowboys game this year, be sure to go with Cowboys Experience for the ultimate game day tailgate and meet and greet experiences. Meeting players such as Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, Michael Gallup, Micah Parsons, and many more, including Hall of Famer Drew Pearson and other players such as Ed Tuttle Jones. I can name ball so many players, it's non stop. And uh, guys, me and Jamie, we've been with Cowboys Experience. For, we've used these guys for a good number of years. Every time we've went over to Dallas, they've treated us like absolute royalty. But guys, be sure to go onto their website. If you're planning on ordering, be sure to use the code UK Cowboys to receive free stuff. All right. Yeah, don't be a clown. Use the code and then, get free stuff. Yes. Right, <laughs> <laughs> And then just a quick shout out as well to all the other Cowboys. Um, content providers um so from all the all the guys over at dallascowboys.com 1053 the fan um big game james Marcus steel marcus cowboys joe good friend stashman uh jobo sports report katie funhouse star gang which is a uh, next and professor o and all those guys like guys, be sure to go and check all these guys out because they create some amazing content as well. And yeah, yeah. be sure to go and check them out. But yeah, uh, I was nicely the podcast today. So, <laughs> oh, so we've got a good couple of scores, and uh, also, uh, oh yeah, Rika has a new show as well. Okay, we'll definitely get that added onto the list yeah. as well, my dear. Yeah, yeah. Droppers, um, um yeah, drop us your logo and we'll get it. We'll redesign that yeah. and we'll get your logo on it, my dear. All right. Um, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, so, so that actually drops us in, I think. Do it to, um, I was going to say, do you want to, should we slide into to fantasy and then go discuss? Yeah, let's go for it. The scores at the end. Yeah, so let's swiftly move into a. Oh. Yeah, I thought we both clapped it there. <laughs> right, but yeah, so... this this seems to be um, a, an extremely popular um, segment each week. So when we we ended up deciding we were going to come on air, kind of skip through to see what's coming on fantasy. So let's let's see. So everybody who's tuning in, joining with us. So we've got a few here. There's got a few. Here. The last one, I'll, I'll I'll let you guys choose the last one. Um, there's an either aria, so we can go Ooh. with that. So the first one this week. Oh wait, wait, wait! Are we not actually doing the score predictions first, or we're going to do the fantasy? No, I thought if we, if, yeah, if we do if we do the scores last, thinking just so we can okay. end it. All right, right, right. Well, 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 we'll, well, 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 before we do, before we do that, guys, be sure get your scores in, and we'll bring them all up, yeah. for, and uh, we will make our decision what we fit our scores at the end as well. All right. Yep. Brilliant. Right. So. First up this week, Dak Prescott for fantasy football is predict. Sorry, for if any, actually, what I'll say first, yeah, if anybody's tuning for the first time, um, Mike likes to have it, and, and the guys like to have a have a little dabble on the, the fantasy football in terms of what um, 
if the players are going to get more or less than what they are predicted to get by the, the fantasy football pros. So what they do is if the guys think that the, the player in question is going to score more than they did, they will give it a... I think it's oh boy, it's, it's a boy or boy yeah. for uh, if they can score more. Boy or boy for more. Boy. Boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy yeah, is I'm, higher, and oh boy yeah. is lower. But, but guys, be, oh be sure. To, but if you if you want to say higher or lower, it's entirely up to yourselves. But we just go based on yeah. boy, oh boy, or oh boy for a higher or lower. But Aye. if you want to say higher or lower, leave them in the comments. Joining joining us is what it's all about. All about interacting with everybody and getting you all involved. End of day, this is we do it for for you guys. I mean, if it weren't for you guys and girls at home, then we'd just be three guys to talking to each other like we were in a pub. So, yeah, so yeah. cracking on with it. The first player, Zach Prescott, predicted to get 20 fantasy points this week. Are we going Ooh. higher or lower, guys? Based on the Patriots' defence, and we just don't know what. And I think Dak got roughly nearly 20 points against the Giants because of the interception, brought his points yeah. back down. Mm. So I'm going to say just, just boy, oh boy, just a little bit higher. I'm going to say he's going to hit roughly about the 22, 23 point mark. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go boy, oh boy as well. I think, I think, you know, if he's, if he's throwing touchdowns like he did last week, then, you know, that should have brought him up. Um, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll go boy. Yeah. Yep. What do you think, folks? Higher or lower for Prescott? Was it 21 points, Jamie? 20. 20? And 20 points this week. Yeah, 20 predicted to get this week. Wow. Do you know what? I'm in a keeper league that Brian set up, and I've got Dak as my starting quarterback, and my, my two. Um, backup quarterbacks are Justin, uh, Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. And the last couple of weeks, they've outscored Dak as well. And, and it's just because it's Dak and he, he balls out. And I'm like, I don't want to pull him out. I don't want to pull him out. But because I know if, as soon as I pull him out, he's going to he's gonna score more than these two. Yeah. So let's go because we've, we've talked about him a little bit. And Brad gave Paul a little bit of stick for um, for the comments that he had about so Mac Jones. So Mac Jones, me? 15 fantasy Oh, you're talking about Mike? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, he give, he give, yeah, Mike, Mike likes, likes to um, refer to Matt Jones as a, as a check down guy, five, five yard kind of guy. And, and Brad, yeah, right. <laughs> Brad, Brad, let him feel enough. But yeah, this week, Matt Jones is predicted to get 15 fantasy points. Are we going yeah, higher I or lower? I, I think it uh, may be a wee bit higher than that. Like, I think 15 is, right. I think 15 is quite low considering. Uh, like if you're like when you really think about it, how NFL fantasy works, for him to get 15 points, you're talking about 140 odd yards, maybe two touchdowns, and and that's that will take you up to about 20. Like mm. and not to mention, depending on how many rushing yards the quarterback will do himself, that would count up as more. So I'm going to say higher. For Matt Jones, I think it's going to be roughly about 20, 22. I think it's going to be in the same region as that, if I'm being honest, between the 22, 23 points mark. 
and uh, DJ Dog. Yeah, he thinks it's higher. So who else do we have? Uh, Valenti say lower. Um, who else do we have? Um, oh, 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 Valenti's got a wee side bet on the door here. He thinks Diggs is going to pick him <laughs> off. Of hey. course, of course, of it's, course. That that'll, that'll, right. that'll definitely bring that'll definitely bring the points down for sure. Um, but I yeah. I think he I think he's for fifteen points. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go that is oh boy, but I oh boy. literally think sorry boy oh boy, but I I, I think he'll be. Six, six, I only think he'll be about sixteen point two five or so. So, yeah. I don't think he, I don't think he's going to be as high as twenty points. But I certainly hope he's not going to be as high as twenty points. Um, mm-hmm. I, I certainly think he's, you know, we should be able to get the odd turnover against him. Oh yeah. Um, I, I find that I find the turnovers are there for the taking, whether it's returns to sacks or fumble, sack fumble recoveries or uh, picks mm-hmm. or. Yeah, or interceptions. So, I think it, there is definitely like ways of where we can actually close down Matt Jones. But I, I do feel like fifteen points seems a little bit too low for for from terms of fantasy for him. Yeah. All right, Jamie, who have we got next? Let's have a look. So, right, we'll go with two more. But this, I'll, I'll give you one, and then you guys can choose the last one. So, oh, okay, Tony Pollard. He's to get 10, 10 fantasy points this week. Are we going higher or lower? Uh, I am going to say boy, oh boy, because when you really think about it, how the, the shifts have been split up between him and Zeke, like all Pollard needs is 40 yards in the game and a touchdown, and that's him got 10 points. Yeah. So I am saying higher, because I think Pollard will be the surprise element in this game. I think Zeke might be the one that's going to have the more quiet game again. Like, I think it's just going to be a wee bit of a momentum shift. Paul is probably going to have that more dynamic speed, like, to do that. So I think all he, like I said, all he needs is 40 mm-hmm. yards and a touchdown, and that's him got 10 points in fantasy football. So I think it will be more than that. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go boy oh boy as well. I think um, you know potentially as as we discussed, you know, Belichick tries to take the best player out of the game. I think the best player is probably Zeke um, with the inside runs, um, so he'll clog up the middle of the of the field, and therefore that leaves Pollard open on the outside, um, and I think that's where he's going to get his points this week. Yep, there we go. DJ Dog, boy, oh boy, mm-hmm. Valenti going. Oh boy, thing is going to be lower. Valenti's Valenti's on a downer mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, Andy, <laughs> what the fuck is going on with you, my man? Come on, man. Bring out the spirits. We want, we want the boy, oh boys. We want the boy, oh boys here, man. That doesn't sound right, does it? <laughs> oh, right. Right. So, so, um, so we've got the option this time, Jamie. Yeah, so I'll I'll give you the first option, and I, but then I won't give you the oh, there we go. Oh, right. Was added Tyron Smith. Fingers crossed. That's just a, a precaution. Thanks for for that oh, there, there, Mark. Oh, we cheers. appreciate yeah, that, yeah, Mark. Oh, so yeah, so the last one. 
I was going to go with Hunter Henry from from the Patriots, mm. but you can have Hunter Henry, or we can go for an outside kind of Cowboys player. Which one do you want to go? Which one are you want to go for? I think I think actually doing the scoring for the wide receivers is going to be the hardest one. If I'm being perfectly honest, just way how the Patriots defense can be lined up. <laughs> So, if, so do you, do, you want, do you want to go with the out, out of outside Cowboys? I'll, 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 I'll let Lauren decide in this one. I'll let Lauren decide this one. Let's, let's go wide receiver. I'd, yeah. I'd, I think Hunter Henry, at the moment, with you know, I'll tell you what, Lauren, I'll tell you what. Can we take a guess what Hunter Henry's score points is? Before we do, actually, we so yeah, so we'll, so we'll go with uh, yeah. Have a guess. Right, so, 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 right, so I, I think Hunter Henry is going to be nine points. Yeah, I, I'd say eight. Paul, oh, you were he predicted ten this week. Is Hunter Henry? Oh, you bastard! <laughs> 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 oh, so. In um, in game show fashion, you went for the. I won't say the booby prize because it's not even booby prize, but yeah, you went for the you went for the unknown. So this week, I'll give you the points that is that this player is expected to get, and then we'll see if you can get it from him, and then let us know if you're gonna right. go higher or lower. This this Cowboys player is expected to get six points this week. Six. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Play along at home as well. Let's know who you think this is going to be, and then and it's defense, it's brother, uh, receiver. He definitely. Well, uh, no, because that might give it away. I'm. I'm just. I'll say it's a cowboy. Oh, no, no, right, it's I'm a cowboy's gonna, offensive I'm, play. You said we said uh, wide receiver before. Before, before you Go guys, ahead. before you guys. Right. Give us your um, give us your answers. Let's let's see what everybody else at home thinks, and let's see if we can get anybody who thinks it's right. Uh, so this Cowboys player is predicted to get six points this week. Who do you think points. he's going? Who do you think he is? Uh, right. I was surprised right. to be fair that it was this low. I didn't think it was this low. Also, you're saying like that. Okay, that may be a wee bit of a giveaway, but um... I I it's a tight end. I and I think it'll be if you're saying low, then I think it'll be Schultz. Yeah, and if it was a, if it's a wide receiver, I'm gonna and you're saying it's a surprise. I'm gonna say CD Lamb. Is have we have we got any guesses from? Um, and and they're saying tight end, but not being specific. Um. I think that's the only comment we've got in regards to who we think this player could be for six fantasy points. All, all three of you were wrong. Paul was if, if he said Paul was the closest. You you got the positioning right. Right. So was, let me guess. Is, is it Cooper? Is it Cooper Wilson? Cedric Wilson. I was so I was going to say Cedric Wilson, but but see because you said more. <laughs> That threw me off, and I'm thinking, oh, it must be a more 
the like a prominent name. So yeah, this is what you got to do. You got you've got to put you off the scent, haven't you? You've got to. Jerry, that is just that, that's just not that's just not nice. Yeah, <laughs> I he's, he's so, uh, bring back Mike honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Try to keep try to keep you guys in check is um is not an easy finger. I feel sorry for Mike. <laughs> I know, I know. Trying to keep us Scotsmen in check is a hard task in itself. Uh, you know yeah. I mean? I'm out I'm out oh. number today. Do you know what I mean? It's if it's it's <laughs> got, I mean, two Scots and a, and a Brit, and if not two Welsh guys, and then do you know what I mean? Bride jumps on. Ryan jumps on the side that's against me, so it's like I'm always outnumbered two to one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. But so, yeah, anyway, Cedric Wilson's predicted. Oh yeah. So let's, what do you reckon? Bring, oh, so let's bring up the score. Let's bring up the score predictions, guys. So so far, uh, Joe has went 45-10 Cowboys. Uh, Valente hmm. going for 28-20. Yep. Uh, DJ Dog 2721. Yeah, I, I'm kind of, I think that's, I'd say Valenti and Dog are the closest ones to that. Um, guys, if you're not, put your stores in, get them in quickly so we can have a wee quick look. Um, uh, well, I'll, I'll give I'll give you two guys a, a minute or so, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm oh, going to no, go. No, no, I've got a rough fight. I've got a rough idea of what means says. So on you go, Jamie. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna go that in the game, I think Micah Parsons is gonna get a strip sack. And I'm gonna go for 34-17 to the Cowboys. Ooh. I think Dak blows them out all this Ooh. week. As good as that Patriots defense is. What yeah, are you guys I... thinking? I'm not. Expecting. I'm actually thinking very similar to you. I was going to say 35-17, so I'll go with that. Ooh. And um, yeah, I, I I was going to say there's going to be three turnovers on defense. I'm going to go Ooh. based on what I was. I'm 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 going to go on based what I was saying about fantasy, especially when it comes to Dak and Matt Jones. There's going to be turnovers. That's a god given fact. I think it's going to be. I score all in the twenties, so I'm gonna say twenty-four twenty cowboys. Mm. Do you know what's interesting is I like say we oh, over the last probably couple of years that we've been doing this, when we've been going for their predictions, we've been going um that like for a lot of stuff on, on offense and now we're starting to Predict a little bit more for defense in terms of turnovers and strip sacks and interceptions and yeah, we get in there with our score yes, 30, yes. 17. So this is actually quite. I'm actually quite surprised. Like we're actually not like given quite a lot of the comments are kind of saying um, we're giving the Patriots. We're, we're pretty much going to give them an absolute spanking, and some of the comments are kind of getting like close to us. So it's quite varied. We're quite good varied. Um, results in terms of what the score predictions are. Um, I, th I would yeah. say Mainz has actually been the closest one in terms of um, point, dif mm. uh, point difference. So, but hey, mm, as long definitely. as we get the win, that's what matters. No, it is. I think, I think, yeah, and I think that that wraps it up. So, I think, yeah, massive thank you for bumping on 
and keeping those guys company to to Lorne and and Paul for yeah their um, insight as well. I say Cowboys Patriots Sunday at nine twenty five UK. So that time, is, but yeah, you know, so I, I'm gonna that is I'm gonna hand it over to you two guys to to close it out. So that is one twenty oh god one twenty five p.m. Eastern and whatever yeah. that is. I can't even it's, I can't even I can't, uh, I can't even work out time difference right now. But basically, um, Cowboys game nine nine twenty five p.m. on is it on Sky Sports? No, not this week. It's not on Sky no. Sports, so it'll be on NFL Game Pass, no. folks. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's to, I think Tony Romo's doing the coverage. It's certainly at CBS this week. So ah, that makes a lot more sense. Okay. Yep. Well, all right, guys. So is, is that us finished then for the for the season? Yep, I think. But yeah, well, so that's, yeah, have a, have a safe week, everybody. Yeah. Did I see, yeah, did I see, did I see a safe week. Thank you. Oh, uh-huh. anyway, anyway, thank guys, you for keeping later. us, us free. <laughs> Brad company. But oh, for, for me, goodbye, and I'll let Lorne and Paul close it out. All yeah, right, have a good week, guys, and go Cowboys. Have a good week. How about them Cowboys? And let's get that win and beat Belichick since 1987. Do the Fox, bro. Let's do it. Catch you later.